Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to the Res Talk podcast, where it's our goal to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights into a broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings. We're doing this to the broad array of stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, appraiser, or just want to hear about these evolving trends, please listen in to the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for about 30 years and began interfacing with the team at ResNet for that nearly that whole time. After listening, if you like what you heard today and you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, please consider do by typing... ResTalk into the search bar in the podcast app, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever. In this way, you get all the episodes as soon as they launch. You can also listen in your browser by following the links at resnet.us slash professional. And if you're a consumer listening in and you want to learn more about the benefits of home energy rating, cruise on over to resnet.us, look at the consumer page to learn more about that process. Today's episode, we'll hear from Val Briggs, Communications Director at ResNet. She'll be talking about the investment and the growing demands for HERS ratings. So let's listen into Val and learn a couple things. Welcome today, Val. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. So a lot of exciting things going on. We're starting to really pick up traffic for the podcast, get a lot of interest going. And I think this is a very appropriate topic to cover. You have a very good way of communicating, very energetic style. I love meeting with you in person and even over the podcast, over the phone and digitally. And I can hear you smiling on the other end of the mic there. (laughs) I am, actually. (laughs) Did you know that? I can hear smiles. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So let's delve in a little bit about Val the person, Val Briggs. Val, where did you come from? How did you get to this point in your career? You and I met when I worked with Nate. I was there for almost five years. For many of your listeners, they know that Nate is the nonprofit certification body for HVAC technicians. And so that's also how I was introduced to the folks at ResNet when uh, Nate and ResNet collaborated on a potential HVAC certification exam for HERS raters. So about a year ago, I came over as a ResNet's communications director. And so what's been great about that is that I get to work with some of the same people, just like you, Bill. It's been great. I've been able to work with some of the same training providers and suppliers and rating providers that I also work with with Nate. So it's been a great transition and I've been able to continue and build upon those working relationships. We're going to be talking about the smart investments, communications investments, I think, mainly today. So what are some of the different media that you're using for communication? We're using anything and everything. Email is always going to be a vehicle to effectively use for any organization, especially a nonprofit like us. Social media, that's grown a lot. I think we have almost 10,000 followers on our Facebook pages, about almost 5,000 on our Twitter pages. So for me, that's another vehicle to get out our message. We have our own blog called ResBlog from our website. And so we cross post a lot of those things as well. And then we actually started a couple of new things. Since I've been on board, we do a couple newsletters twice a month. So as we have tried to increase the news about ResNet and also tracking the news in trade publications where folks are writing stories about us, we are aggregating all that and sending out newsletters twice a month to ResNet members and our partners and stakeholders to let them know how we're being covered. So all these new activities and communication media, they don't come free. 
Where are you getting the budget for this? Part of the budget is paying for me to be on board. I think probably Steve elaborated with you that the resident board and our board chair at the time, Roy Honekin, said to him and the staff at the time, what do you need? In the past, it's been all about sort of talking about here's our budget for the year and here's what we're going to accomplish. And I think Roy took a more proactive step and said, what would you like to have happen, Steve, if you had more staff, if you had more resources, and then we can figure out how it's possible to make that happen. And so through the rating fee increase, that they started in 2017. That's how they were able to bring me on board as well as some of our new staff and programs. Ryan Myers is our programs director. We have a new staff in quality assurance, for instance. That's where some of it comes from. But then a lot of it from a communication standpoint is about earned media free coverage. So what I've done and tried to do since I started is, again, increase that presence in trade pubs. We've been in about 30 or so industry publications just in the past year, including what we see as a crowning achievement with an endorsement from Builder Magazine, where John McManus, the publisher, did sort of an editorial piece saying, I'm with hers. He sort of endorsed the hers system as the best sort of measurable method for home energy performance. And so we were very pleased with that. And then we put out our infographics and videos and things. We've made about 20 of those within the past year. And with that, we've been able to get a lot of earned media, about almost $6 million worth of coverage and ad value. So as a nonprofit, that's huge. What's the term earned media mean for people that aren't familiar with that? Well, you have so your paid media, your advertising, things that you pay for to get that coverage. And then earned media is uh, more from a communications, public relations standpoint where the folks are talking about you and hopefully in a positive way, of course. And then that kind of coverage is seen right along with the paid ads, if you will. And so it's earned and has a little bit of that similar value. So we've been tracking that now and uh, have gotten some good coverage, about 183 million impressions, we estimate, between our trade coverage and some of the consumer coverage we've done over the past year as well. So it's been great to make every little dollar count and not even have to spend money when you don't have to. Right. We've earned it with the content. Yes. You mentioned uh, consumer too. What type of outreach to the consumer or channels to reach the consumer? I like to say that I pretty much hit the ground running. I started in June of last year. And soon after that, ResNet achieved its 2 million HERS homes milestone. Over 2 million homes have been HERS rated across the country since we started. And so we wanted to do a big campaign on that. And so we did that with a little bit of consumer angle. We partnered with a great partner of ours, Energy Smart Builder, KB Home. And uh, we did a campaign with them where we hosted some live uh, HERS demonstrations to show how the energy performance of a home is tested, as well as highlighting KB Homes' diligent energy efficiency efforts over the years. And we invited media and code officials, real estate folks, students from local schools, high schools, university construction management programs. We did it in Vegas, Denver, and Orlando and got great pickup with that coverage in area papers. And we also did some of our own mat releases, press releases about that program and about us meeting that two millionth per home milestone, really helping homeowners know what hers means and knowing that over 2 million of their neighbors across the country, if you will, utilize this resource and so that it's something they should look into. And so we were able to get a lot of great coverage with that. We also highlighted the folks at NREL did a study for us and found that about nearly one in four homes, new homes that are built are hers rated. And so we highlighted that study and the findings, I believe it was Massachusetts and Iowa 
and Indiana were some of our top states in terms of the number of HERS ratings. So we put out some releases about that and have been able to get some cross coverage across the country and various outlets. I always try to make sure people understand the acronyms we use. So NREL is the National Renewable Energy Lab, is that correct? Yes. I know the resident has a longstanding partnership and relationship with them to be able to provide sort of that third-party integrity of our data. And so they were able to use that with, I believe, Census Bureau numbers and things on the number of new homes built and compare that to our HERS rating data. So Val, you talked about these events and activities with KB Homes, the live demonstrations, Vegas, Denver, Orlando. Were you able to attend any of those or was resident staff there? Yes, absolutely. And I want to also give a shout out, if you will, to our rating provider partners, Energy Inspectors, Energy Logic, and Top Build. They helped us as well. So literally what we did was KB Home found a community that they were building in. We took a home that was sort of in that pre-built state and then one that had been finished. And we had people come in along with folks from these rating provider companies and they talked about what it took to have a home hers rated. And they did like a blower door test to show how that process works. And so I was able to attend a couple of those. And for me too, being uh, new to resident, it also kind of served as a teaching moment. So they were great. In particular in Orlando, we had some students from, I believe it was Osceola County High School. And they're in the vocational program there and learning about home building and construction. And just to see their faces and to see kind of the exposure they were being given to the rating side of the home building process was great to see. And there were quite a few kids who were pulling aside people after and kind of asking more in-depth questions. So maybe we made a few raters out of that event as well. Interesting. Any quotable quotes or anything from the students that struck you or you took back with you? Nothing is said in particular, but like just watching some of the interaction when they went in and maybe talked to like Dave Bell at Top Build, he was there and some of his staff and just really kind of they were asking more questions. They were really interested. My guess is for some of these students, this was really kind of the first time they were exposed to the rating side of the home building process. And really, that was part of our goal was to make sure that as these students and others are considering professions in the construction business, that they know about what energy raters do and how they could potentially choose that as a career path. So it was very nice to see. Anything about the live demonstration for you that was striking or memorable? I honestly had never seen a blower door test for one. There you go. So to see that and understand how all that works. I'm coming to this industry, and even when I was at Nate for a while, I bring that sort of layperson's perspective. And as I learn more, I find it all very fascinating. And I want to help other homeowners, consumers understand just how technical this work is. I think the average homeowner doesn't really understand or know just how much knowledge, building science knowledge and things that these professionals have to have before they come into your home. And I really want to help elevate the status of our folks in the industry because they're very smart and it's very technical work. And I think the average homeowner doesn't know that and doesn't appreciate it. So that's one of the messages I want to get out. I think it's true. Generally, it's a challenge to kind of communicate these higher level technical things to a lot of consumers. A lot of them are savvy, they're receptive to it, but a lot of the features and facets of building science are invisible. Absolutely. So, I mean, a pressure test, how can you ever see a pressure test? Right. Until you see what happened. So it's very interesting. And Steve has a great quote about that. He says, with the HERS rating system, it makes the invisible visible. And that's exactly what it does. It puts this number on these information processes, especially that as a homeowner, you may not know, understand, but you can see that score and understand what it means in terms of your home's efficiency. So I agree. 
Are there any consumer publications or blogs or anything you've reached out and gotten into at this point or in your plans? Not so far. We've gotten coverage just sort of across the board in terms of mat releases, sponsored content, and papers across the country. I think as we do more with the real estate folks and, and appraisers really helping to incorporate the HERS index into MLS listings, we'll be able to pitch the story more directly to consumer publications successfully. You've mentioned videos. What's the nature of the video? Are they more talking about this invisible to visible? Are they more technical? Uh, Where are they oriented? Steve's opinion, and I agree with him too, is that people don't necessarily want to read a whole lot these days. Everyone's very busy. And so a video for just maybe a couple of minutes can tell that story that you would have normally had in a two or three page article or something that people just don't have time to read. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast as well as an opportunity to offer our information, our story, our successes of our raiders as well, and especially and our builders who partner with us to get that story out in a meeting that are more convenient for folks. And so the videos kind of serve that purpose. We made videos about our work with code officials, about the use of the HERS indexes as a path for ERI compliance, for instance. We just made a video recently for appraisers explaining the HERS index and talking about the portal that we've created with the Appraisal Institute to help those appraisers when they're doing valuation of homes be able to do comparables with similar homes in that area with a HERS index score, for instance. We did a video about our 2 millionth HERS home milestone to let consumers and others in the industry know about that and what that means. And what's great is that these are resources we're making for us to explain and illuminate the story of HERS to others, but our members are using it as well. The rating providers, builders, and others, we get requests all the time to get copies of those materials so that they can use it to explain to their partners and customers. So they have a life of their own. So where would our listeners find these videos? We have them on our YouTube channel, and we're actually working in the process to offer a direct link from that to our website so that folks can find them more easily. Okay. And the YouTube channel, just search for ResNet or what's the uh, title on that? If you go to YouTube and search ResNet, you'll see our channel come up. Yep. Okay. How many videos would you say are there just approximately? I think about seven. Okay. And then what's great too is that as other providers and builders make videos about ResNet, we're working more to put those on our channel as well to kind of show what everyone out there in the industry is doing to talk about the HERS index. So more informal content versus sort of the production values are are different, but I think more realistic for people. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And what's happening is these builders and others are making their own videos so that they can speak directly to their customers. And so we want to highlight that as well. A little bit earlier, you mentioned infographics. So what got you into infographics? It's sort of the same logic with the videos and us doing this podcast is people want something that they can sort of get the concept quickly and easily. And so infographics are just that. There's a medium that allow you to tell this story with a little text and a few images to really sort of pull out the salient points a lot more easily. So we've made several of those in that sort of same vein of helping us to explain to our partners and stakeholders and members who ResNet is, what is the HERS index, how it benefits a home builder, how it benefits a home buyer, and so forth. And so we've made these pieces. They're also being posted on the ResNet website. And we've gotten the same response. We debuted a number of them at the conference conference in this past February in Orlando, and I get requests daily from raiders and builders who want to get copies of those so they can use them as well. 
Can you peel back the curtain here and give us how's the process of creating an infographic? Like, where do you start from? How do you end up there? It was a new medium to me coming on board, but basically, really, it's about images and numbers. Again, people don't want to read a whole lot of text, but if you put up some quick numbers and stats, graphs, just make it visually interesting. People can get the meat of what you're talking about. So actually, for example, we did one recently talking about what you and I are talking about today, about how the rating fees, the increases that the board approved in 2017 are being used to help communicate residents message better. So we highlighted on the infographic about the 30 industry publications in the trade that are covering us, about the 20 new infographics and video pieces, about the three live HERS demonstration events that we've done, and about the over 180 million impressions we've gotten from the earned media coverage. And so just pulling out those numbers and data points in an easy-to-read format is a lot more engaging and memorable than a long article detailing that same kind of information. Do you plan any more live events? Is there anything on the horizon? Uh, further ones? We hope to. And also what we were hoping as well is these events would serve as an example and model for other builders and raiders in their communities to organize something similar. It's very simple if you have the ability to have some homes to show and some raiders to come in and talk about what they do and show some of those tests. It's a very easy model to replicate. So we're hoping others do it as well. We'll probably do some more throughout the next couple of years. Absolutely. I'll shoot back to you an idea. Why don't you do an infographic on how to hold a live event? I like that idea. Absolutely. We could certainly look into doing that. A couple visuals and just give people encouragement and resources like you're doing there. So that'd be great. Absolutely. It ties in a little bit with what we're going to be doing. And I think we're going to have a podcast on this in the future about some of the work we're doing with our Emerging Leadership Council. And one of our initiatives is to help raiders put together an event or go to a school and be able to talk about what a raider does and get, again, students excited about what the raider contributes to the home building process and maybe consider that as a career. So going back to the live events, you picked three cities. Why'd you pick those cities? Well, in partnership with KB Home, they talked to us about where they had inventory. We also looked at where we have a lot of HERS activity, Florida, for instance, and Colorado, for instance, being high levels of activity for us in terms of HERS ratings. So it was sort of collaboration of their inventory compared to our market share and where we thought we could get some of the best coverage. Sometimes things don't work out as you plan. We were going to go to Houston, for instance, and then with the hurricanes and all, we had to reschedule that. We were looking at kind of where we could get the most bang for the buck and have the backing of the community. So I'm sure you don't want to give away too much before the Emerging Leadership Council, the ELC podcast that we're going to do, but just a couple of the highlights from that. Who else is involved or how are you engaging people in the ELC? Absolutely. So this was an initiative, I think, that was created in like 2015, 2016. I think it really was meant to address the workforce shortage that folks throughout the home building process and the construction industry are experiencing. You know, what can we do to invite and engage the next generation into the field? And for ResNet, too, we were also thinking about who are going to be the next leaders for ResNet. 
as Steve likes to say, when he looks around the room, there are a lot of middle to late age white men in the room. (laughs) (laughs) But he's thinking about retirement and so many of those other folks. And so I think the idea is who's going to be that next generation of interest in leadership. I think this year we had a pretty good attendance by uh, first time attendees, for instance, at our annual conference. And so there is this population of new folks coming into the industry, being interested in the industry that we want to tap into. So Matt Gingrich, who is vice president on the resident board, is the chair of the Emerging Leadership Council. So he'll be joining me when we have a podcast discussion to talk about it a little further. But one of our initiatives is going to be how can we help our rating professionals in their area talk to and recruit young people, new people into their business. Because what I like to say is while this whole workforce shortage thing is a global problem, it really is going to be solved at the local level. It's about someone's business and how are they going to bring on new people to meet the demand for the work they have. So we want to help our raiders do that. Yeah, I get it. And solving at the local level that comes through communication and Geez, Val, that's what you're all about, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to make some great pieces that be sort of a turnkey toolkit that they can take with them and go to their local school, nonprofit organization, Job Corps, wherever in their neighborhood, and be able to talk about what a Raider does and get folks excited about joining the industry. Fantastic. At the annual conference, I know it's a technical conference, but are there other aspects of communication that go on there? Like the keynote, for example, things like that. Absolutely. My job there this year, this was my first time working in an event. I attended previously as an attendee, of course, was really to try to capture a lot of things via picture. Again, that's kind of the direction our whole world is going in, more sort of visual than text engagement. So we ran around and took just a ton of pictures and tried to really engage on our social media accounts. We did one of those social media frames in the exhibit hall so people could take pictures and post on their own social media accounts. So for every conference, there's always this balance of education and training, because a lot of times that's what folks, bosses have sent them there to do was to learn. But also having some events, we had a number of receptions and things throughout the conference where people could come together and network and learn from each other. So overall, it was a very well attended and well received event. We were very pleased. What's the pitch for next year? What's going to go on with the annual conference next year? Well, we're going to be in New Orleans. So for a little bit, that just sells itself. And I think we're going to continue with the vision that Steve and the resident board have had to what's the next step. I think last year's, this past year's conference was about into the great wide open. And they're going to be expanding on that for next year. We're also going to have a little side theme of work hard, play hard, because we're going to be in New Orleans. I think we're going to be there just right before Mardi Gras. And so we want to get people just really excited about being able to come and have a good time as well as learn. Maybe we can do a live stream from uh, Worlds. Absolutely. I think that would be great. A lot of this is about showing folks what the good time we're having and what folks are learning and make sure that they sign up for the next year. So I think uh, seeing is believing. So I think some live streaming would be great for that. We've covered a kind of a wide range of topics here today, uh, talking about the investments that have been made and really where they're strategically being targeted for communications. Are there any other gaps in the information we left out here? No, I think we covered uh, just about everything. I think 
the biggest charge for me and our team next year going forward will be, what do we do for the future? In uh, 2016 or so, I think it was that the board of directors looked to ResNet to say, where are we going in terms of market share? And by the end of 2020, they set a goal for us having uh, 50% of all new homes be hers rated. We're at about almost 25% now. So there's a good little ways to go. And I think what we've done in recent months is as a staff come together with Steve's leadership and talked about what we need to do to try to reach that goal. And so we're going to, from my perspective and from communication, perspective, look to how we can communicate that message about the value of the HERS index to builders and to homeowners via some targeted marketing strategies. Social media can be a very effective vehicle to do some targeted marketing at a lower price point. I like to joke that we'll never be able to afford a Super Bowl ad. So (laughs) what else can we do to get the message out to homeowners? On mediums like Facebook and others, you can target by age, you can target by interest in real estate home buying. And so we want to make sure to research and find the avenues that we can best use to put out in front of a potential home buyer. As you're shopping, ask for her score, talk to your realtor and others about the energy efficiency of your home and do some comparison shopping because this could mean big difference in your utility costs and the comfort of the home you're buying and its resale value in the future. And so we want to make sure that message gets out there. Excellent. So it's weaving together a lot of things that should be on the minds of your stakeholders, the consumers, the builders, the appraisers, et cetera, especially the raters. Absolutely. Fun little discussion here. Thank you. And we'll wrap it up now. And want to thank you for coming on. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future. So thanks, Val. We look forward to speaking with you again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bill. We're very excited to get this podcast service out and look forward to having more discussions with you in the future. Great. Thank you all for listening to the Res Talk podcast, sponsored by ResNet.us. Take care, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. Today, speaking with Val Briggs, we learned a lot about all the different forms of communication that are being used infographics, videos, media, live meetings, and especially the annual conference, which you can find out about at resnet.us and look for that annual conference link. That's a great place for the ResNet community to get together. Well, hopefully we've satisfied your curiosity about this topic and prompted perhaps a question or two. And if you're a pro in the building market, you can surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or to join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter The Twitter tag is at ResNetUS. Here's a quote or thought for the day. This is by John Marshall. To listen well is as powerful a means of communication and influence as to talk well. Hopefully we've talked well or spoken well in this podcast. And if you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here, would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at ResNet, that's R-E-S-N-E-T dot U-S. If you haven't described, please do so. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for Res Talk. If you are willing, A review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. 
We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk.